Hello, welcome to episode 23 of Prince Kai Fam Pod, a Marissa Meyer Book Club podcast. I'm Bethany. I'm Ashley. And I'm Becca. And we're all three together again. Yay! Hooray! <laughs> How are you doing today, Miss Becca? Me? I'm good. Yay. I'm doing quite well. Yeah, thank you, guys. We're recording on a Sunday morning because my weekend uh, never goes like planned. We attempted to clean out our storage unit and move to a smaller one. We gave up. We're just paying for another month. It's like way more money than we have, but it's just a mess. It's such a mess. But so it's nice to take a break from that and get to talk to you guys this morning. (laughs) I got to go to a wedding last night with my mom. I was her plus one. And check this out, you guys. I don't know if you can see it. Is it handy? It's cookies. Oh, Okay, so they had like a cookie bar, which apparently is like a Pittsburgh thing, according to their signs. It is. Um, So they had like this whole like giant 40 foot, not 40 feet, maybe like 20, 30 foot long tables set up with all of these homemade goodies. And I have a brownie with like an inch of mint fluff on top. And there's a snickerdoodle in here. And there's what looks like cannoli but isn't and I'm very excited for all this <laughs> business that's going to be my breakfast when we're done I mean oh, yeah, yeah some of awesome. it. The best <laughs> family <laughs> Jerry doesn't listen to these so he won't even know I hid them in my car <laughs> you know what I wish I had hid some stuff because my husband's best friend has been visiting us for the last two weeks and I can't find anything I buy like yesterday, I went to grab, I really like those Ritz cracker chips. Mm. Oh, oh, like the everything flavor are really good. Oh, yeah, gross. I like the sour cream and onion one. I had okay. two bags. Gone. Oh, Never no. touched them. I had a bunch of those frozen lean cuisine pizzas that are like this big because it's like a really mm-hmm. quick lunch for yeah. me. All gone. Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. It's not there. <laughs> I like the little bags of the Ritz chips like you get at the gas station, or were they like the full-on? It's like the family size. Oh, dear. But I mean, he's like, he's the same size as Quentin, so, you know, they they just eat a lot. They have to. They're big guys. They're big, active dudes. Yeah. I mean, of course. Yeah. So now I have food hidden in here. I've got chips. And I've got chocolate <laughs> hidden in my room. No one ever comes in my room. So I yeah. do that at work. I yeah. got my cabinet filled with food. So no one can take it because no one ever comes in my room. I have a drawer at work, and that's like my only I miss your space. Drawer. But I tell everybody on the floor that they can come help themselves. You know what? I nobody mean? does. But oh, I did all the effing time. On maternity leave. Yeah, I had to restock it when you got back from maternity leave because I, like, cleaned that out. I always liked those little peanut butter crackers you had. Oh, which ones? It came in a package, and there was, like, six of them, and it was a little sandwich from Ritz crackers with peanut butter. Yes. Oh, not the orange square ones, but the round. Yes. Those are quite good. The kids like the orange ones, and Jerry likes the ones that are cheese in the middle instead of peanut butter. But yeah, I'm I'm quite fond of the round. They they stay toast on the package, and they're peanut butter. Yeah, those are very good. They are. I used to. Have I have a slight peanut butter allergy. Yeah, I like I've developed 
a slight peanut butter allergy. That makes me sad. I know, me too. But I still, it's not like an anaphylactic thing. It's just like my throat gets itchy. If I ever send you cookies, I have to use like butterscotch or something instead of peanut butter. No, please don't. (laughs) What I'm doing is I'm trying to just microdose myself with peanuts to try and like build up an immunity again. Mm. Okay. That's a thing that you can do, apparently. Yeah, I saw that episode. And since it's like... (laughs) It only kicks up if I eat, like, an entire king size of the thick Reese's Cups, the big Reese's Cups. They have the perfect ratio of chocolate to peanut butter, and they're really good, but I can't do them anymore. Anyway, how was your week, guys? You guys over there? I miss you. Well, mine was just super busy. I'm officially taking seven classes and working about 30 hours a week, so... I'm just really tired. <laughs> I'm going to go eat carbs for lunch today, so I'm excited about that. Hell yeah. Because I've also, I haven't been eating very good lately because, I don't know if this ever happens to you guys, but if I get really busy, I get distracted and I forget to eat. And then by the time I realize I need to eat, I'm like nauseous from being hungry. So. I'm eating very well. <laughs> but otherwise, I'm good. Yeah. Just uh, busy. But You're gonna, always busy. Going to graduate in spring. Which is, you know, two semesters early, so that's awesome. How are you doing, Ashley? Oh, I'm good. I found from a friend, it's called an epilator. Sorry, I'm, like, messing with Ashley's clothes because I just realized her, her, I want to take a picture of your hoodie. Her hoodie is, like, off kilter, but but it's, like, supposed to be. Yeah. It's asymmetrical. It's super cute. Yeah, I was just thinking how fancy you look today. I know. I'm it's not. Like, I'm, I'm wearing sleeves. Yeah. Well, I mean, on the bottom, she's 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 only fancy from the waist up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's just always how it is. I do. The, I'm really sorry. Super cute. I know our, we're not a visual podcast. Our listeners can't see this, but I really like this sweater. It's from Skyrim. Okay. From the Dark Brotherhood. That's what it, the sweater is. I, I, don't think I like it. I, I want one even more. Yeah. So you're like cosplaying at 9 a.m. on a Sunday. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> you're like. That's where I live. Yeah. So anyways, before I got all admiring of your clothes, you were telling us about your week. Yeah. I heard the word epilator yeah. before we got distracted by clothing. And those were a thing in the 80s, and they were quite painful. So I need to hear about this modern epilator. The modern epilator. Yeah, it's, okay. it's like a bunch of little tweezers. It's electric, and it has like this rotary thing. And it pulls the hair at the from the root, like what waxing does, except for it doesn't take that top layer of the skin off. See, I know you don't like waxing, but I've never had trouble with waxing. It it doesn't bother me at all. It hurts for like a second and then you're done. But then I can usually go 11 weeks without having to go back. Wow. So it's super convenient because then I just don't, and this, I'm still pretty smooth. And it's been, what day is it? It's been nine weeks. She's quite smooth. I mean, there's, like, little hairs popping up here and there, but, yeah. And then it's, like, $20 per leg, but, you know, if you think about shaving cream and razors and things like that, it's probably about the same or cheaper, maybe, since I don't have to do it as much. Mm -hmm. But some people have to, my mom goes, like, every six weeks. Yeah, I have to go, which is why I bought this. It was only 100 bucks, but it seems to pull it, and I'm not getting any ingrown hairs. Awesome. So that's why I did the epilator. And it's cordless. I can do it in the bath. Nice. 
So you exfoliate, go into the bath, and then pull it up. <laughs> yeah, that was our week. <laughs> so Ashley had a lovely idea, and we're going to share it with our listeners and Becca at the same time. This is like kind of an announcement. Oh, kind of. So do you want to, it was your idea. You it was. Go for it, girl. I thought it would be neat to throw out a raffle and raffle off a book with a signature from all three of us in it and a little note for that person. But then Bethany was like, why don't we do your book, <laughs> which is written with all of my notes in it from all the, all of the different episodes that I've been in with you guys. Mm-hmm. And we can, we can raffle off my book and then we could do it at, a, at the end of the book. Becca, what do you think? I think it's adorable. May I add a suggestion that you can cut out if we decide no? Sure. Can we pick a highlighter color and highlight our quotes for each chapter? <gasps> yes. Yes, that's a great idea. Right, Bethany has to be purple. Yes, I'm yes. purple. Well, what's Ashley's favorite? Purple. I can do yellow. Well, I actually have, okay, I have these really cool highlighters. They're called Bible highlighters. Because they don't bleed through into a Bible if you use them. Mm-hmm. And I have a bunch of colors. So Do you have two shades of purple? I do, but they're still really similar. Like, I don't think it would be oh, enough. But you know what? I'm good. I can do pink. No, so my early in, early in the chapters, my quotes are in orange. I have orange. Oh, yellow for me because I'm a Hufflepuff, or pink because I love pink. Either well, way. Okay. That would, yeah, I could do either orange or green if you're going to do yellow. Well, then I would be blue, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. So we'll do house colors. Ashley will be green for Slytherin. Becca will be yellow for Hufflepuff. And I can be blue for Ravenclaw. Except for the ones that are already orange, but we can square them in green. Well, she underlined it, so it's not highlighted yet. Yeah. Woo! There you go. Awesome! Cool. Okay. So this is pretty cool. Our listeners are, like, sitting in on a meeting with us, kind of. Pretty much. Yeah, this is such a great idea. So we're going to do this at the end of every book. So this will happen in December. Ooh, and we're going to do this, too, because I just thought of it. If you... Okay, so how you enter the raffle is you leave us a review. So if you've already left us a review, then your name is already in the raffle. Go, leave us a review, help us get to our goal of 30, and then you will get your name put in and a chance to win Ashley's book at the end of Cinder with all of our quotes and all of our signatures. <laughs> I love that idea. How should we get Becca's signature? We're going to send it to her. You have a P.O. box, right? Do I have a P.O. box? No, but we use my mom's address. Okay, yeah, okay. we'll just send yeah, it to we'll her. We'll just mail it to you, and then you sign it and write your note and mail it back, and yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So leave us a review. If you've already left us a review, then thank you very much. Your name has already been entered. And if you have not left us a review, go do that now so your name can be put in for the raffle. And our goal is 30. So if you leave us a review, then you're helping us reach that goal. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Because once we get to 30, Bethany's going to start a Patreon. Yes, she is. Yes. Yeah. I'm excited. Because I am a martyr and I need more work to do. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) On the quest of knowledge. I am on the quest of knowledge. So that was a lot of housekeeping. That was a lot of But I think it's cool that all of our listeners just got like a backdoor into a podcast meeting. Yeah. Patient on epilators and all sorts of fun stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And Pittsburgh wedding traditions. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about this week's fan art. My goodness, yes. It's a good one because it's of Sybil. We have not gotten anything of Sybil yet, and I really love getting these sort of secondary characters. It's black and white pencil, and like I said, it's of Sybil, and it's from at Tate Sometimes Draws Anime on Instagram. And I think it's amazing. It's very simple, but there's still a lot of detail to it. And I like that she sort of has a facial expression. Like, she looks like she's just pissed off. Like, she has to deal with these peasant earthlings. <laughs> yeah, the style of this reminds me of some of the illustrations in the later Laura Ingalls books. I don't know if it's the hairstyle that she has is reminding me of, like, that era. Or if it's that it's you know, pencil or charcoal kind of drawing, but I love it. It, it, yeah, it like reminds me of the chapter where Laura cuts her bangs, the the drawing in that chapter, if anybody is as little house familiar as me, except that, you know, obviously Laura was kind looking and civil is not, but just (laughs) style. Yeah. I love it. I, I wish I could draw so much. Me too. It's just amazing what people can do. Like her, her eyebrows are just like. Her eyebrows, you know, you look closely. It looks like above her eyebrows, she has like some kind of garment or dressing or jewelry or something, you know, thaumaturge cloak, which also I love that the cloak is like high collar and up past her, her like right up next to her chin. It has like the Dracula collar, but yes. then like the or the jewels or whatever it is around her head remind me like Bollywood style almost like very ornate like like it's it's not it like hints at that it's ornate because it's like a sketch it's like a pencil drawing sketch right but it like you can tell that it's fancy. Yes. I, don't, I don't know how. I no, love it. it. I love it's it. It's very elegant. Yeah. Yeah. So you can take a look at that on our Facebook, our website, and our Instagram. And speaking of Fan Art Friday, our logo submissions are done. They are. They're done. They're posted. You have until November 1st to vote for your favorites. So that's very exciting. Thank you to listener Becca J0815 for sending us a map of the TLC world, this lovely map that was sent. And I actually, you sent it to us, and I was like, I've seen this before. Mm-hmm. And so I went on a fandom, and I found the map again. Because this was actually created by the author, Marissa Meyer. Yes. So that's very exciting. Oh. Like, yeah. yeah. But let's talk about the map. So the American Republic on this map is the United States. The continental United States, Alaska, South America, and the Latin Americans, Latin American countries. The UK is Canada and what is currently the UK. And Europe includes Iceland, Greenland, Finland, and the pretty much all of the EU. North. Yeah, pretty much all of the European Union includes the European Union. Mm-hmm. Federation, the Eastern Commonwealth, pretty much what we talked about, where it's like all of Asia, all of the mm-hmm. more Asian cultured parts of Europe, pretty much all of Russia, but Russia mm-hmm. is ginormous. <laughs> and then a couple places in, in North 
East Africa as well. Australia is the current Australia, but they also they also combined with New Zealand. And then Africa is almost every part of the continent of Africa except that northeast quadrant and then Madagascar, it looks like. So the United Kingdom, Becca and I talked about, would it or would it not include Canada? So since it does include Canada, mm-hmm. it is a relatively large country. Yeah, it's kind of interesting uh-huh. that it's included with Canada. I thought See, that was I, curious. I assumed it would be included with Canada. Okay. Because it's Canada. Well, I figured Canada would be more North American, but. Well, but it's a it's a it's a United Kingdom province. Yeah, it's it's a similar way like Australia still recognizes the queen yeah, but then okay. they have their own yeah government yeah. but this is fascinating to me it seems like do you suppose alaska i feel like the top of the world would have melted by now and antarctica is not on here right so did antarctica melt away did we abandon our place there and then how is like Alaska still a thing because I feel like it would just be a big melted mud puddle that nobody could live in because it's well, already kind of that it's possible nobody lives there it is yeah like, and it's just land I mean what is it like 60% of Russia is inhabitable at our current yeah. so and there's like 20% of Canada that's inhabitable because of the conditions and the cold and stuff so it's possible I mean how many people live in Antarctica <laughs> they're not self-sustaining in that thank way you probably. thank you so the other thing I wanted to ask you guys about when I was editing the episode episode 22 Becca and I talked about how some how some countries had more representatives than others and I was wondering if maybe some countries had less representatives because they had a smaller population and their population was really small because they're parts of their country were left destroyed by the nuclear and chemical warfare that we find out about in this chapter. And you know how that had made the the land and area and made it inhabitable. So I wanted uninhabitable. Uninhabitable. Thank you. So I wanted to talk to you guys and see what you thought of that and if you thought that might be a good theory. Definitely likely. I mean, that's look at what we did to Hiroshima. It's uninhabitable right now. Chernobyl. Chernobyl. Um, yep. Even with a lot of technology, it still could take hundreds of years for those areas to become fertile again and livable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yep. definitely. I liked the mention of, what is it, chemical, and there's another one. Nuclear. Yeah, nuclear and chemical warfare, which is interesting to me because those are very frowned upon via the Geneva Conventions right now. Not and frowned so, upon, illegal. Illegal, very frowned upon. Yeah, illegal. In, in the legal sense. <laughs> illegal. Um, so it's very interesting to see that. Like that, that yeah. actual war came to that, which it can. Yeah. So, yeah, I just wanted your guys' opinion on that before we got into the chapter discussion because I can't believe we somehow missed that when we were talking about it. Yeah. It's... Well, it's in chapter 28, right? We haven't talked about chapter 28 yet. No, no, no. When you and I, last chapter, were talking about the population and why different countries didn't have as many representatives, I was saying 
we didn't think of the fact we talked about the population probably dwindled because of World War Four, but we didn't talk about how much of the planet might have been uninhabitable because of World War Four. So that might gotcha. have contributed to why some countries had more representatives than others. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's what I was talking about. So anyway, last week we left off with Kai and the other world leaders finding out about the mutant soldiers from Luna and Cinder trying to save Peony, but being yeah. too late and saving Sunto instead. And then she's arrested because Audrey reported her as a runaway cyborg. Which is really uh. hard. Because she's been gone, what, eight hours? Not even. Right? Not even. I don't even think it's been eight hours. She left with the... She left with Nancy mm-hmm. and went to the palace. She left the palace for like two seconds and got an android that escorted her back to the palace. Mm-hmm. She had her a romantic moment with the prince in the elevator. <laughs> she passed out, talked to the doctor for a few minutes, got the antidote, rushed to Peony, and then was arrested. So, I don't know, maybe three or four hours tops? Yeah. Why doesn't Audrey think she's at the market working? Oh, never mind. Never mind. They talked about that in the chapter that she thought she was in the basement. Yeah. So why didn't you check? Mm-hmm. Or like, just, I mean, well, that's she did. She yeah, checked and she wasn't in the basement. So she reported her as a runaway. Yeah. Audrey. Anyways. So we're back <laughs> in, uh, we're back in Kai's perspective. I hate this chapter because Lavana is a little these two chapters are super stressful. My anxiety levels are really high. <laughs> I feel that when I was, I, I had to read, so I read this chapter 28 on Friday, and I had to stop. I was going to say, I, I kind of want to power through this because I hate it. <laughs> I, I want to get through these two chapters, which like, uh, they're just, let's just do it. Yeah, yeah, let's get it over with. So we're back in Kai's perspective. He's at a lovely luncheon dinner with Lavana and <sighs> other delightful lunar officials and the ever-present Torin. Naturally. Naturally. Mm-hmm. And human servants. Yes, human servants, because that is one of the accommodations that Miss Lavana needs. Absolutely no androids. Nope, because she distrusts <laughs> And... I underlined to bestow fake emotions, and I just wanted to point out that humans also give out fake emotions all the time. And I'm like, especially Lavana. I guess she's not human, she's lunar, but she gives out fake emotions. That's the only emotion she reveals is fake or anger or manipulated Mm -hmm. relation. Yeah. So, an emotion, but that's that's more characteristic, but it's the same thing. It has emotion behind it when she does it. What a two faced butthole. Exactly. Oh, my God. Yeah. I really like the line of temptation and repellent, because I thought that was a really good combination of words. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Manipulation. Yeah. Yeah. This bitch is so condescending, too. I'm sorry. She's making, like, grand flourishing gestures just to take a sip of tea and then, like, you know, sticking her nose up about their little festival. Seriously? Yeah, she's so annoying. And all the while, Kai's, the emperor's chair is completely empty. Yeah. Because Kai hasn't been crowned the emperor yet, and Emperor Riken has passed. I wrote that Lavana is a big attention whore, and she wants all eyes on her at all times. 
it kind of makes me feel sad for her. Nope. That she, she has to nope. have that attention <laughs> from everyone. Because, like... I'm blinded by hatred. I don't feel I any... Know. I don't feel any sympathy for her. Sorry. Ooh. But, because I'm hungry, a shrimp wonton sounds delicious right now. Oh. <laughs> Just, I saw the word and I was like... Mm. Hey, wake me up. So, Lavana is being a snarky little... Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Little festival. And, okay, she points it out, but I still want to point it out. Isn't it weird that Kai talks in moon cycles? Did you guys notice that? Yeah. It falls on the ninth full moon of each year. Ah, how lovely for you to base your holidays on the specials of my planet. But also, we're in Beijing. You know, lunar calendar is still a thing in a lot of Asia, right? So it's not... It didn't really surprise me too much. Okay. Um, yeah, that they would still do lunar calendars. Okay. I'm down with that. The moon thing, moon thing didn't get me the levels of my planet. That's what I underlined. kind of wanted to mention. Like, it's... Yeah, it's not a planet. It's not yeah. A planet. It's, it's not a planet at all. You're a satellite, if anything. The moon is a satellite. It orbits the Earth. It does not orbit the sun. It is not a planet. Just because people live there doesn't make it a planet. But, Lavana, that's not the definition of a planet. If Pluto doesn't get to be a planet, then Lavana and her moon definitely don't qualify. So, mm-hmm. or I guess it's technically, it's not that Pluto isn't a planet. It's a, it's a dwarf planet. Dwarf planets are planets, too. Yeah. Right? Everybody has they- feelings. and pumpkins are squashes too and everything is a thing and it's all okay yes i do love you intersectionality that's like a big deal we can all be many things yes so then he talks about the end of the fourth world war which we kind of already got into the fact that they're was some nuclear and chemical warfare but i also wanted to mention that millions died Yes. Wow. Um, I was actually just going to read, if you guys don't mind. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Millions had died in World War IV. Whole cultures had been devastated. Dozens of cities were reduced to rubble, including the original Beijing. Not to mention the countless natural resources that had been destroyed through nuclear and chemical warfare. Yes, he was quite sure some harm had come to the citizenry's well-being. Yeah, because before, she's like, I hardly think it harmed the well-being of the citizenry. It did. Like, she uh-huh. just has, she's, her worldview is the, bad. The superiority complex of these these lunars is annoying as It is. Yeah. And here we also find out about the Treaty of Bremen is like this uh-huh. world peace treaty. And Torin wants to see her signature added to the bottom of the document. Kai and Lavana are just throwing shade. My country's better. My country's better. Mm-hmm. You guys have war. You guys are evil. And Torin is like, yeah, everybody sucks. Still need your signature, though. (laughs) I like like Torin. He's definitely one of my favorites in here. Yeah. But you know who's just as frustrated as Kai? He just, somebody has to do something. Mm -hmm. Torin is good at his job. Yeah. Well, he has to be because Kai doesn't have anybody else. Yeah. (laughs) And then I also Mm -hmm. wrote... um, in my notes about what you were saying about their history books 
that yeah. they didn't have any war in their history books. <laughs> I wrote, yeah, it's super easy to not have to worry about uprisings when you and your thaumaturges can control everyone all the time. I think that's a damn truth. Right? So, yeah, thank you. Yeah. How big do we think Luna is? How many people or lunars or whatever? How many genetically modified human beings? Hmm. Or genetically mutated, I guess. Uh, yeah, I'd say it's more mutated. So the, I would say that the lunar population is about 10,000, just to give it like a, a low, low number. I was thinking like half a million. Thinking probably more along those lines, like half, maybe like 300, 500,000, something like that. Yeah, because if 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 they think that, and we'll get to the the, because we talked about the mutant soldiers in the last chapter, and there's thousands of them. So mm -hmm. if you think like each soldier needs to represent three to five people, yeah, if not more, then and there's thousands, which means at least two thousand soldiers, and that's just the ones that they could see. He was able to see, but we know there's other tubes everywhere that have similar markings, so they're probably also holding thousands of wolf soldiers. So I was thinking like half a million. Okay. I could yeah. easily be wrong. It we might could all be wrong. It <laughs> might just be like that she needs that many soldiers because that's she's going up against a large planet. A real planet. Sure. A real planet, sorry. <laughs> but like I have a, but like if she's fighting the population, we talked about the population is probably close to 7 million now. If she's fighting 7 million people, 1% of the population is military. So she's going to need a pretty decent amount of soldiers. For the United mm -hmm. States, it's about 1% of people actually join the military. But in other countries, everyone had joined the military and served before they go to college. Mm -hmm. What country is that? Sweden. Israel does that as well, compulsory military yeah. service. Okay. Years, yeah. I believe. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's typically around two years. Mm -hmm. I I have to mention that I hate the witch's eyes. I know that they... Well, I know that witch bothers you, but we talked about before how witch doesn't mean that to most people's ears. Because, like, Becca and I never knew that it meant wise one. I'm assuming Marissa Meyer didn't know. And I would be willing to bet that most people, when they hear the word witch or use it in this context, they don't think of it as, like, a lifestyle or... It's just a stereotype. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what I don't like about it. But yeah. Well, right okay, okay, what word do you suggest that she uses since she can't use bitch? I was thinking about that and I was like I you know I love my predator. But there are people that would say that there are animals that are predators that, that aren't evil. Evil. Yeah, so predators, okay. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like it it could anything is going to to be offensive to one or two like to a percentage of the population or, so you can't avoid that or her eye yeah i would probably have just said her um because i don't like gendered insults i mean that's just like my thing but i think which is specific to females well yeah in in you know general just like i wouldn't call someone a dick you know like because that's not because i don't want that to be that thing like you know like that's just not do we want to say that perhaps he's calling her a witch because she does have magical powers and she uses Ooh. them for evil like, See, completely devil's advocate because yeah. in that case he's not calling it to her as an insult because he doesn't like her he's calling it to her because 
he doesn't know how else to identify her. She is evil. She does have magical powers. She does use them for evil. Mm-hmm. I can see okay. that argument. Yeah. I can understand that. Yeah. I think that he makes sense. He's a 18-year-old kid. Not even. He's 17 and oh, a half. Yeah. He's seven. <laughs> you got to give him that half. Yeah. So <laughs> I celebrate my half birthday. Hey. So anyways, she's an evil person. She doesn't have to be a witch. I still think it's more the fact that she's magical and has powers that she uses for evil. But sure. but in that case, maybe he should have said into the evil witch's eyes so that it's like specific, specific to her. I don't know. I'm trying to skip ahead. I want to talk about these. They're not noodles. It's this craziness that's coming up. I wrote WTF just happened. She's flexing. All she's doing is posturing herself up to show her as in her country as mm-hmm. bigger and badder than more worse than what she she might be. So let's introduce this ridiculously terrifying moment. Yes. Mm-hmm. And this is on the bottom of page 269. She shoved her chair away from the table. The legs screeched across the floor. Startled, Kai followed the queen's gaze to her plate. Instead of thinly cut pork tenderloin and rice noodles, the plate harbored a small hand mirror set into a shimmery silver white frame. So there's a mirror, which we know they have a superstition about, on her plate under the dome instead of noodles. Do you get, like, we talked about Sybil's picture that we got. Do you get, like, Dracula feelings in the mirror stuff? You mean, like, how when vampires look in the mirror, they don't have a reflection? Yes, that superstition feel from it, and along with the Dracula collar. I don't, I don't get vampire vibes because it's not, so vampires, they don't have a reflection. When they look in the mirror, there is no reflection. That's the myth, the superstition. A reflection. Mm-hmm. I did definitely picture like, you know how she was flourishing with, with her tea? Yeah. I felt like that part was flourish, like stood up, kicked the chair out. How dare you? How dare they? Like. Tossing her oh, hair and her arms out and stuff. Just completely overdramatic. Oh, she's totally a drama queen. Absolutely. Like, literally. Yeah. So I can't read all of this, but it's really disturbing. So let's just do a quick overview and then we'll talk about it. So. Yeah. Sybil mm-hmm. forces the servant who is being blamed for the mirror to take mm-hmm. a knife and presumably gouge out her eye. Yeah, so she is imperious cursing basically this poor waitress. And I want to point out that, like, okay, Torrin is quick to respond to the situation and start talking and try to regain control. Kai is the one who actually does something, though. His fast reactions, like, he jumps in. He's like, nope, she didn't do it. I did it. Kill me. Leave her alone. Because mm-hmm. he knows that they can't kill him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, Torin was trying to handle it diplomatically because he's Torin. He's like, this is not how our system works. You need to abide by our laws. But the Lunars are all like, no, that we don't handle things with diplomacy. We just kill people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kai's jaw dropped. He was both disgusted and mesmerized as the servant turned the blade toward herself, clutching the handle with both hands. And I, it's, a, it's, again, it's just a really good combination of two words, disgusted and mesmerized. Sybil is literally 
forcing this servant to gouge her own eyes out. I mean, but if you if you were to like go in there, I mean, that's how you do a lobotomy. Mm-hmm. The servant's hands trembled and slowly lifted the knife until the glistening edge was poised at the center of her eye. It would be a slow, painful. It would be a man. very slow, painful death. It wasn't a jab mm-hmm. to the gut or something, which would be also a slow and painful one as you bleed out. You're not stabbing gut. yourself in the eye. But I would be terrifying. But, it's like but you might not die from getting stabbed in the eye. True, but there's a high chance that you could also, you could. I think it might depend on how thick the knife is. Like, can it get through the space between your eyebrow bone and your cheekbone to actually, like, get into the brain deep enough? Mm-hmm. I'm not picturing a very big knife. She says that Sybil snatched a knife from the servant table. So I'm guessing it's just a small knife used to, like, cut the pork tenderloin that they talked about. That doesn't mean it can't cause sure. harm. But probably it's not a butter knife. That would be even worse. That would be horrible. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But this is how the yeah. lunars abuse their gift by forcing it's people. Awful. It's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. And then, but this whole, mo- I was just so, like, stressed out and so terrified Mulvana is basically throwing a temper tantrum at the risk of this woman. Yeah. What is she, three? Imperious cursing her into, it's bonkers. Oh, I love me some snarky Kai. (laughs) I like that he automatically, like, goes in to save. Yeah. Probably somebody he might have met once or twice in in the palace. He automatically wants to save his citizen. Yeah, absolutely. It was a lie and everyone in the room knew it, but he had confessed. The energy dispersed and Kai felt his ears pop as if the pressure in the room had changed. Dang. So Lavana succeeds. She lets Kai take credit. She has her little speech about, I'm going to win the war because I can put up with a battle. She's like, "Ah, lost my appetite. I'm leaving. And... Torin is like, all right, well, we need to figure out which servant did this, maybe put them on probation until the queen is no longer at the palace. But Kai, again, noticing what the grown-ups don't, Kai says, oh, mystery solved. I know exactly where that mirror came from. She was just testing him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So here we get a nice transition. I like that no port screens are allowed at dinner, and I actually made a, a mission of this. I have friends that they're not, they don't allow their children to have their phones with them. Oh, no, for sure. But also, okay, it was at the request of Lavana that there were no port screens. I'm sorry. She should be a gosh darn guest on their planet and in their palace. Why is she calling the shots? I am not okay with this. I'm okay with the no screen. The same as like she doesn't want any um recording devices, I guess, mm-hmm. right? She yeah, doesn't want to see people she truly is. Yeah. Control freak. I don't like her. I mean, obviously I'm not supposed to like her because she's the evil one, but I don't I like, like I like the evil one. Oh. Instead of the witch, the <laughs> evil one. The evil one. Yeah, yeah. I like that. <laughs> hmm. But anyway, big news from this messenger. Could appear to be a female, your highness. And there's more. The footage we have shows her speaking to another patient moments after she attacked the first Medroid. A young boy by the name of Chang Soonto. 
He was admitted to the quarantine yesterday with stage two letimosis. And he's recovering. Recovering recovering from what? The attack? The disease. So the Mm. antidote works. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one thing she's not bullshitting us about, right? Yeah. What do you, how are you guys feeling after that chapter? I'm super stressed out. Like I already said, I didn't like this chapter to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. I, mm, I don't like this. I don't like these dirty, stupid little games that she's playing. Right. These high school games that she's playing. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. Did we even do this in high school? Because I'm pretty sure it's junior high. Like. This I, is like typical mean girl behavior. Yeah. To me. So my quote is, marriage, war, marriage, war. He's too young to get married. And then war. I mean, he should be afraid of war because they've been threatening it for how many years now? At least 12. At least 12. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I chose it because I was, I understand his anxiety on it. Yeah. Yeah. What's your guys' quote? Oh, anxiety. That's, that's anxiety is totally the word why I picked mine too. That's so funny. Mm -hmm. It was both a temptation and a repellent and both feelings irritated him. I get very anxious when I have multiple feelings. I understand that. Yeah. I mean, there's a Daniel Tiger song about it telling me that it's okay to feel more than one thing, but I just, yeah, I just love Marissa Meyer and how she can like just make you feel stuff. Yeah. From such a simple phrase. Yeah. How about you, Bethany? We kind of skipped over that part of her like seceding to Kai, but I, my quote is actually from Lavana because it was a very like done and done moment, but it was very well written on Marissa Meyer's part. So my quote was, I hope you notice that I am capable of choosing my battles if that's what it takes to win the war. Because they have this conversation, and he, she says, I hope I have learned something valuable about you tonight, young prince. I hope you have learned something about me as well. And he says that she rules through fear, and he goes, I already knew that. And she goes, no, that I'm willing to lose the battle if I can win the war. She's basically flat out saying they're already at war, gosh darn it. Yeah, pretty much, until they get married. <sighs> So it's it's time to start chapter 29 here. Here we go. Now we're back in Cinder's perspective for chapter 29. We are. Good old Cinder. Oh, I'm getting the vibes from the first fight they had a few chapters ago. I'm super stressed out. This whole time, I'm so angry. So she's been tracking her ID. Creeper. That's how she found yeah. out she was in the junkyard and sent the police to retrieve her runaway cyborg stepdaughter. And I remember in the chapter where they got in their other fight after she came home from the research facility unexpected, I said, I wonder if she practiced all these comebacks on her walk home from the research facility so she could have something ready to go when she's fighting with Audrey. She Mm -hmm. flat out says in here that she was like, that she had all these witty comebacks ready to go not realizing uh-huh. that Audrey was going to do the same thing. So I just wanted to point out that she she was like any other human being. She was like, I'm about to have this fight. Let me think of some good ones, you know. <laughs> or if you're like me, you think of all the good things to say several days later. Right. That's what I was going to say. I'm like, yeah, I would think of them like five years down the road. I would not that, think of them in the moment or before. In the shower. That's normally when mine come back. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it said this. It said yeah. uh, that moment from You've Got Mail. You never saw You've Got Mail? Mm-hmm. Have you seen You've Got Mail? I love You've Got Mail. Yeah, she can't come up with zingers off the top of her head. She always thinks of them later. And then she finally yeah. has a moment. She's fighting with this guy, and he's like her business enemy. And she comes up with a zinger right then and there. She throws it in his face. It's a mic drop moment, and then she immediately feels like a horrible person. She feels terrible. She feels terrible. Yeah. Like, I'm so sorry. I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, I don't know what it is about him because I can never think of these things. And yeah, oh, I love that movie. Oh my goodness, I love that movie. Everyone should watch that movie. Yes, please don't watch You've Got Meal. It's delightful. When was it made? Like ninety. Oh, that would make sense why I hadn't seen it. Why? Because I was five. I was seven. I've seen it. All right. My mom wouldn't have watched that stuff. (laughs) Oh, no. My mom was big on Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks and chick flicks and stuff. I definitely love that movie. They're so good together. Yeah. I like them. I like that one better than Sleepless in Seattle. Me too. Yeah. I don't really care for Sleepless in Seattle that much. I'm just like, whatever about it. You've got mail is one of my all-time favorite movies. It's like top five. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I could probably just recite it for you. Oh, I know, right? I know, right? I love I love the part with Dave Chappelle where he's like he's like oh, Kathleen Kelly type. Oh, oh, you don't like Kathleen Kelly. You don't like her. Why? Cuz uh, it is Kathleen Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I so want to go watch that movie now. Okay, anyways, so I'm losing my damn mind. So first thing is she needs to work on her lying skills. Yes. She's about to be a runaway fugitive cyborg lunar. And she's over here like, uh, parts. There were parts. Yep, yep. I was getting parts. Yep, yep. Yes, I was getting parts. Like, <laughs> you are so not a good liar. I wish you guys could all see what's happening right now. It's literally the best thing in the entire world. She looks like a conductor. I talk with my body. Oh my god. The girl's crying. You're making Ashley cry with laughter. Oh, good oh. She's so annoying. Okay, not you, not Ashley. Audrey's annoying, not Ashley. Ashley's having a fit here. Um, <laughs> how dare you treat me like a common criminal? And Audrey goes, how dare I treat you like a common cyborg, you mean? Uh, and, oh, uh, so annoying. You are a common cyborg and one who is under my legal jurisdiction. It is my duty to ensure you don't become a menace to society. And it seemed quite clear that you were abusing the privileges I've allowed you in the past. Because after that, she also accuses Cinder of stealing, and I hate that she uses the word stealing, that she's stealing Audrey's money. She's the one actually working for it, and you kind of suck. Like, she tracks her. Kind of suck. You're sneaking out, um, attempting to run away. Um,. The foot, and then I'm probably skipping ahead, but this whole like 
don't just stand there pretending to understand what I can be going through. You're not a part of this family. You aren't even human anymore. Page 279. Oh my goodness, that breaks my heart. Well, I want to talk about the the screening real quick. Okay. She screened Aiko's memory. And I wrote, think the stars. Cinder never told Aiko that she was a lunar. But she screened Aiko's memory. And she never came across anything about, like, working on Kai's android or that she really is mm-hmm. immune and valuable yeah. to Dr. Erlon. Cause she did tell all of that stuff to Ico. Maybe she was looking for keywords. Control F. Ico. Control F. Yeah. Like she only that. cares about money. Right. Yeah. I don't like that. She, the foot, I think you were going to say oh. something about it too, Becca, the foot, like 600 yeah. unis. We, we don't know how much that really is compared to our dollars. Um, mm-hmm. but wouldn't you want to pay that much for somebody to be able to walk? Not Audrey. If you thought that it was a person that was going to be able to walk, but she doesn't think Cinder's a person. Yeah. She is like, Audrey is the worst. She's like, you're not family. You're not human. Like she is a child. You worthless bit. Like <laughs> I just, there it is. she is a child. You cannot treat her this way. She is a child, a child who works effortlessly to provide for you and your family, and you won't even let her be a part of the family. Yeah. And you're like, mm, you don't need your foot, but I do. Bitch, you have two of your own feet that work perfectly fine. And seriously, Pearl effing never talks. She's had like three lines in this whole book, and this is when she opens her mouth. Really? Did you just short circuit? Hey, Regina. Uh. I you can't just them. ask people if they just short-circuited. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, high five, <gasps> Becca. Yes. <laughs> you get it, yeah. Power into that. <sighs> I think it's interesting that they're, they're funeral rites, and I kind of want to know, like, what they do with the pages of Letimosis. They probably have to burn the Letimosis bodies. Yeah, but I don't, I couldn't see, so there are a lot of diseases people get, and when they die, the disease isn't active anymore. Because yes, but we've seen that their reaction to letimosis, period, is to burn. They burnt down yeah. Josh's entire boot. Yeah, true. That's burning a lot of resources, though. But I if they know. did a hydro cremation, it would be, it's not, it's not the actual word for it, it's actually called mm-hmm. alkaline hydrosis. Um, they yeah. That's what I want done. You have to be in the right place for it. It's not legal in all the states yet. Yeah. But soon. Yeah. Yeah. A little little bit of water or a lot of bit of water and you essentially are boiled and then your bones are the only thing that remain and a little pot of like goo and they dump that down the drain and crush up the bones and present that to the people. So it's more economic, not economical. Yeah. Ecological. There we go. That's the word. Back with the winds today. Yeah, I have no idea what would be considered. I'm just curious on it. I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like they burn, they cremate, mm-hmm. because that we saw that that was their reaction at the market. Mm-hmm. So I would assume that Letimosis victims, especially because if you if you remember correctly, when Cinder was rolling in, when Cinder was coming into the quarantines to see Peony. I'll try to find the page it's on, but she saw a bunch of the Letimosis victims' bodies kind of piled on top of each other, right? 
just outside the warehouse's entrance, I'm on the page, I'm on page 258. Just outside the warehouse's entrance, a group of Medroids were loading dead bodies into a hover to be carted away. Their forms bloated and discolored, each with a red slit in their wrist. So they're getting, they're taking, they're, the bodies are being taken somewhere. Or crematory. Or maybe it's a mass grave, we don't know. It could be a mass grave too, very true. But no, all they talk of, about is, is uh, buying a plaque for Peony. I, I do have to mention, uh-huh. before that plaque, no fancy plaque would bring Peony back. Yeah. And that's, that's essentially, Audrey needs to come, I think Audrey needs to come to terms that her daughter has. Well, it's been like an, uh-huh. it's been like an hour. It has. Give her a break. Who comes to terms with death within an hour, especially of their child? True. She needs to not take her, project her feelings on it to other people. She needs to go see a therapist. Therapist. Everyone needs a therapist. She absolutely needs a therapist. However, do you suppose that, like, the reason she's going crazy, not going crazy, but the reason she's, like, so focused on, like, getting Cinder in trouble and stalking Cinder and figuring out where all this money is. It's just like, she's trying to distract herself, right? Cause her daughter just died. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I don't want this to sound super vain, but Peony was a child. She was only 14 and we don't get to learn a lot about Peony, but we know that she likes pretty things. Mm-hmm. We know that she likes shiny things. We know that she was very excited about her beautiful dress and going to the ball. It's possible that Audrey is getting her this plaque and remembrance of those character traits of Peony because Peony is not going to get to wear her beautiful ball gown. She's not going to get to wear her mom's pearls and have her hair done and makeup and go to the ball and dance with the prince. She'll never get to have a pretty thing again. And this is Audrey's way of remembering her daughter is giving her this one last thing. And I, I, I hate Audrey, especially in this chapter. She's driving me absolutely nuts. I'm, I was fuming the entire time I read this chapter. But we do need to remember that she is a human being, and she did just lose her daughter, like, maybe an hour ago. She needs far more time to, to handle this situation and deal with it. Yeah. I can see that, yeah. Yeah. And then she's like, I've decided you're not going to the ball. Oh, okay, Audrey. Like, Cinder believed for even one second that she was actually going to the ball. Okay. <laughs> There's yeah. just, did you just start circuit? Yeah. I like your voice. Your voice was... Did kinda... you just short circuit? <laughs> <laughs> and just when you think Audrey can't get any worse, at the foot? She's good. What the mother F? She's going to take her foot? What do you need that foot for? This is barbaric as far as I'm concerned. This is, she's, she's projecting her own emotions on other people. She's upset about the money, so she needs her foot. I think it is a fair solution. After all, you bought it with my money. Therefore, it is mine to do with as I please. And then she says, you are not human, Cinder. It is about time you realize that. <laughs> she is right. She's lunar, but... Still, she's still kind of human. She's still a person. I don't, I don't like how it's more implied that she's more of a slave than anything else. Legally, she is, and I have a lot of questions about that because she technically belongs to Audrey. She's Audrey's property. Whatever, I get it. Who? I need some kind of history lesson. Who wrote these laws? Where did they come from? Were they were they voted on? Was it enforced because of something? 
was it immediate? Like, okay, we're a society that has cyborgs, so this is the rules and how we're going to run our society if there are cyborgs in it. Is it based on the society? Is it international? I need, I need more information. Like, I need to know the logistics of how we got to a place in this world where cyborg equals slave. Mm-hmm. I agree with yeah. so much. Because also, how many of them are property and how many of them are people? The man who was a single father who paid for his cyborg foot with his own money, I mean, he isn't someone's property. I definitely need more answers. I definitely need Marissa Meyer to just make me a history book slash encyclopedia. Absolutely. I need to know these things. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Did, did anybody else get, like, Disney Cinderella vibes? I didn't. So there's a moment where Audrey says one more thing, and it reminded me of in the Disney, like in the Disney cartoon Cinderella. She's like, "Oh, I almost forgot something." That's what I heard. Like that's what mm-hmm. it reminded me of. Mm. Can we right. just skip over this part? I don't want to talk about so it. One more thing. Oh, faulty parts. So here, here's the one more thing. You will find have already begun selling off some unnecessary items. I've left some faulty parts in your room that were deemed worthless. Perhaps you can find something to do with them. And one of those faulty parts is Aiko. And what really kills me is that right before she realizes that one of those worthless parts is Aiko, she has this moment in her head where she's like, just one more week. She's just telling herself, she's comforting herself by saying, just one more week. And then Aiko and I will be out of here and we'll be free. And then when she goes into her room, she finds she finds Aiko's mangled body. Yep. And that's all that's left of Aiko. A beat-up tread punctured with pebbles and debris. An ancient fan with a crooked blade. Two aluminum arms. One that still had Peony's velvet ribbon tied around the wrist. What got me was the two aluminum parts. One still had peonies velvet ribbon. How are you doing, Becca? I'm not okay with this. And the last line here, which she's got the personality chip. With a dry, grateful sob, she crumpled over her knees, squeezing Aiko's worthless personality chip against her chest. And that's actually uh, my quote and Ashley's quote. We had we had the same quote again. Uh, you guys, I can't. It's too sad for me. I have to go with the short circuit because I would rather just pretend that this Ico thing is not happening. <laughs> that's fair. I, mean, I want just the snarky stepsister to say, like, did you just short circuit? And I want, like, Peeny to come back and be like, you can't just ask people if they short circuited. And I want them both to be like, Gretchen and what's her name and oh my god for that Pearl moment. you can't just ask people if they've short circuited <laughs> right I, that's what I need I need that to just be the truth because it's too hard so, I love yeah. Iko we know there's too much it. death in the book there is a lot of death we're three quarters of the way through the book and we've already lost Peony, Chang Sasha, the Emperor and now I go. And now I go. Yeah, that is a lot of death. For a young adult book, I was going to see if they had some, the Scholastic books I know have the, the age on here. Oh. Yes, that's because Scholastic believes in reader programs that are 
actually really harmful for children learning how to read. But that's just, you know, the opinion of a librarian who wants children to enjoy reading and don't and not feel like they have to read for state requirements and to compete with other children their own age. See you with your education. Oh, she has her education on this page too. For my grandma Somali Jones with my with more love than could ever fit into these pages. That's Aww. poetic. That is poetic. That's needed at the end of this book. Oh, it is. <laughs> so there were no gloves in this chapter. There was only one Easter egg. And next episode, we're going to start book four with chapter 30. We're getting through this book, yeah, you guys. We, we got about three months left of this book. I hope it gets better. It's I mean, better. not that, like, writing-wise, it could get better because, you know, Marissa so Meyer's a goddess. But, like, I hope it gets less depressing for me at some yeah. point. I miss the snark. The snark? Yeah. Well, we got some you know, snarky Kai. We did get snarky Kai. And we all love that. Sorry, I your majesty. Yeah, I already knew that about you. Uh, <laughs> definitely got some snarky Lavana with her little festival. That's not the snark I like, though. Well, Kai's snark <laughs> is fun, though. I do uh, like Kai's kind of snark, snark, yeah. Yeah. So the next episode, we're starting book four with chapter 30. In the meantime, please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Yes, don't forget to send us a review using any method you choose. And yeah. get entered into a chance to win Ashley's book. What? All of our signatures. Yes. Very exciting. This is very exciting. I'll, I'll focus on how cute that is that we're doing that. I like that. Yeah. With, with, there's some sad moments for Cinder, but Prince Kai FanPod is, is having a lot of fun right now. When does when does the podcast come out that you guessed it on with Leah? It is, is that supposed start? to come out October 21st, and it is not spoiler-free. So if you have not read Heartless, you might not want to listen to it. Okay. But if you have read Heartless, it was a lot of fun. And okay. it was, I can't wait to talk to you guys about Heartless in, like, you know, three years. Um, <laughs> we'll have to have Leah on when we do. Yeah, that's yeah. what I said, too. I said, too, we'd mm -hmm. have to have her on for a few episodes of that, especially, like, our end-of-the-book episode. Yeah. Do you know, yeah. is she doing weekly, bi-weekly, monthly? How, do you know how often she's, she's going to... I think she's doing weekly, and each episode will be one book. Okay, cool. So yeah. I can't listen this week because I have not read Heartless and need to stay yeah. unspoiled. But next week, then I can start listening to but that. But next week, But you'll yeah. post the link for people who can listen. Yes, I will share it to our, our Instagram and our Facebook and everything. Hell yeah. So <laughs> I guess that's it, ladies. What is it? All right. See you next week. Bye. Bye. The passages read for you today are from Cinder by Marissa Meyer. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger. Today's special guests were Rebecca Baker and Ashley Leonard. Thank you for listening. You are getting sleepy. Your CPAP mask is clamped tightly to your face. You will not toss and turn through the whooshing. You will not throw the mask. It's not working, Harold. People who struggle with CPAP have partners who struggle too. Luckily, now there's Inspire. No mask, no hose, just sleep. When I snap my fingers, you will remember to visit InspireSleep.com. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at InspireSleep.com.